Today on Podcast by the Bay. We're excited about that to deliver the message, but the most important thing that Andre said, we're looking for solutions. We're not looking that somebody's right or that somebody's wrong. We want we want to interview the, the people that are running for election, the people that are leaders in the community, people that represent maybe they maybe represent something with the housing or transportation. A follow up show on Podcast by the Bay's election coverage from the June 5th primary regarding the local, state, and regional races. I've been very honored to, to be uh, anchor and co-anchor with Andre on a lot of uh, important issues on the peninsula. But I think the most important thing that Andre expresses is that Andre and I are not taking this as a political agenda. It is not about the right. It's not about the left. It's not about the center. It's not about the Green Party. It's not about the Republicans. It's not about the Democrats. It's about issues that are all facing us on the peninsula, whether whether they're local issues, whether they're state issues or national issues. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.Liberty-RealtyInvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And now, another Podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another episode of Podcast by the Bay. We thank you for downloading this episode, and we thank you for spreading the word to all your friends and telling everybody about Podcast by the Bay. We definitely appreciate your feedback. And so today, we have our special election feedback or election coverage show talking about some of the results of the election and talking about some of our experience and it's going to be a great episode today because I really think that we're going to get down to the core of what Podcast by the Bay is about and what we're doing here for Podcast by the Bay. And so just before I kind of start asking some questions, I just want to give the listeners a little feedback on what I think what we're doing here with Podcast by the Bay. And one of the things I first think is we really want to engage people to change the world. And, that, and we're going to change the world by communication. And that means we're going to talk to people, we're going to listen to people, we're going to engage in the discussions, and that's what we're doing here. We actually brought some wonderful candidates for all sorts of races here on the election coverage, and we actually spoke with them, and Patrick met some of them. He went out there and interviewed them. I called people, we, we spoke to people, we interviewed, we talked to them, we listened to some of their ideas, because it's all about getting people on the table, talking about the issues, and really listening to each other. And we are proud. We are proud to present all the listeners and all the community what's happening and what these people are ideas. And so from that, I just want to say thank you to all the candidates and thank you for all the people that we spoke with and thank you for all the residents. Thank you for all the people engaging 
And we're going to get down to all these recess. So, Patrick, what is your feedback about what do you think Podcast by the Bay is doing here with the election? Andre, thanks. I've been very honored to, to be uh, anchor and co-anchor with Andre on a lot of uh, important issues on the peninsula. But I think the most important thing that Andre expresses is that Andre and I are not taking this as a political agenda. It is not about the right. It's not about the left. It's not about the center. It's not about the Green Party. It's not about the Republicans. It's not about the Democrats. It's about issues that are all facing us on the peninsula, whether whether they're local issues, whether they're state issues or national issues. We haven't currently got into national issues. Andre and I started approximately, was it four months or five months, Andre? Oh, it's it's been about just over five months we've been doing our, our podcast. Well, Andre and our concept to begin with was just to stay real local here with local issues with uh, San Mateo County. And it was Andre's and our idea to come up with the mayors on the peninsula. And by God, we have 14 mayors or maybe 15. Is it 15 now, Andre, that we have? Um, that, that we've had the interview? 15, 15. Well, yes. And, and we're, we're excited about that to deliver the message. But the most important thing that Andre said, we're looking for solutions. We're not looking that somebody's right or that somebody's wrong. We want, we want to interview the, the people that are running for election, the people that are leaders in the community, people that represent maybe they maybe represent something with the housing or transportation. Andre and I were, were, uh, were able to interview Seamus Murphy, the communication director for Sam Trams, Barton, everything. We, we were able to interview Angela Aliotto. We've got, um, most of all, we're so excited that we interviewed the mayor right here in the city of, of Foster City, Sam Hindi. We got some background information. One of the things that we try to communicate with podcasts by the Bay, these are public servants. These are people that are dedicating their life to helping improve your life in your individual city, county, or state. And these mayors have a message. And Andre, isn't it that we're trying to to get these mayors and these local people to somehow communicate their ideas more than just going to a conference in Monterey with ABAG or or with the, the assembly of the mayors and stuff. What's your opinion on that, Andre? What do you think that you've, you've edited and, and um, recorded so much of these interviews? What did you get out of it, Andre? Well, I'm, I've become a lot more enlightened on actually what's happening in the communities. And when you listen to each mayor, each mayor brings a wonderful perspective on their community, but also regional issues, and some even national. And I think you just have to listen and listen to their personality and how they're approaching and really how they're thinking about solving some of the issues because they're all engaged and they're all representing us as the community leaders. And so it is a wonderful experience to actually do this uh, podcast and really talk to these people and to really listen and hear because a lot of them are talking about the same thing. That's one thing Patrick has brought up time and time again is that a lot of the mayors, a lot of the community members, they're actually talking about similar things. And, you know, it's so it's it we're right there on really trying to address them. And so now it's really just bringing people together. So we are the platform that we're utilizing our platform to really get the message out on what's happening in the community. And it's a different platform, right? And so we are excited to really speak to not only the people that were you know, the mayors, but also the people who are running for the some of these different um, offices and, uh, you know, and also some of the residents. So I think this has just been a wonderful experience, a wonderful opportunity. We were proud to really be able to present a lot of the coverage and hear a lot of the ideas about the different 
um, candidacies when we, we've actually have eight different shows um, to really um, talk about some of these, uh, you know, offices and, and, the, and the elections. So we're going to kind of go down, you know, uh, starting at some of the local races and then kind of moving into the more the actual state level and even some of the national races. Because we did cover U.S. Senator race. So uh, go ahead, Patrick. Andre, can I can yeah can I start out with Foster City and then we kind of build because Foster City was the first city we really concentrated very heavily on, and I, if I can recall, Andre, one of the first projects was the Cirrus Regis project, which is a rezoning of some property um, right over there near Triton and Pilgrim, where they wanted to rezone, which they had in their master plan. It was zoned for commercial and retail use. And now the developer is has a platform to go to the city where they're going to develop workforce housing and regular housing. So that seems to be moving forward in the right direction. But that was one of our first interviews when, when we went to city council to interview the developer and try to interview some of the people. The planning we went to the planning commission meeting and the planning commission was listening. Um, they're still they're still out there. They haven't solved that problem. But the most key problem that was happening right now was what FEMA came down and told the city of Foster City that you need to improve your levy. So with that said, I, I made my contact to Kevin Miller, which was the former Park and Recreation Director for many years, and also was appointed city manager two years ago. I had an exclusive interview with him and Jeff Moneta. Um, at that time, Jeff Moneta um, was the community development, and he's soon to be uh, the planning of the city manager in Foster City. Anyway, candidly, I talked to him about the importance of Measure P. We even went out and, and spoke with other people, Sam Runco. Sam Runco has a piece of property that he's still in the midst of negotiating with the city. Um, and and it has some kind of easement out there. So I don't know what the ramification, but we have Sam Runco. Sam Runco is concerned about his property. And he, he's concerned about the levy, too. He's not a, uh, against the levy. And then we also interviewed a uh, well-known person in Foster City, Bob Cushman. Bob Cushman speaks out loudly of things. We had an exclusive two. Andre, we had two interviews with Bob, and we had a follow-up call or follow-up with some of the mayors uh, or the mayor and city council people in Foster City, your Gary Pollard, um, and, and your mayor Sam Hindi. Um, and Andre, you had some people too that talked about the levy. Do you want to talk about them and, and what their position was? Sure. So that was part of our resident feedback uh, about Measure P. And so we, we, we featured uh, Sam Hindy, Gary Pollard, Bob Cushman, Amit Saney, and uh, Evan Adams. And so that was our feedback show, really, with their perspective. Because that's what we're doing here at Podcast by the Bay. Not only are we going to bring our perspective and some of the, the people that are involved, but we also want to hear your perspective. And so that's why we reached out to the specific community members and who are engaged. And so overwhelmingly... This was a two-thirds required for Measure P. Remember, this Measure P had to require two-thirds, which is 66%. It passed overwhelmingly 80.3%. So that's pretty solid. That shows you where the community stood. That shows you their perspective. And we have to say job well done to the Foster City residents for really getting their word out there and getting the vote on there. So uh, let's go ahead and move on. I think there's been a lot of talk about also the other measure, regional measure three. And we actually spoke to 
Carl Guardino, the Silicon Valley Leadership Group CEO and president, and he's also the commissioner of the California Transportation Commission. And so Carl Guardino had a very insightful, very fact-driven uh, you know, interview with Patrick, and you guys really got to speak about it, and it actually passed overwhelmingly. It was a 50-50. You know, whoever won was basically... Uh, if you got 50.01, then you would win on this one. So this one actually did pass, and it actually passed overwhelmingly. So that's really cool uh, and really, I think, good for the community as far as really starting to address some of these traffic and transit concerns. I know a lot of people are frustrated about the, the toll hikes and things, but I think we're at a, a point where there's something we have to start actually moving forward and really working together. And I think this measure is actually addressing so many different points. There's, and we, and we talked about that. We can go into detail. If you go back and listen to the episode, it's a nine County kind of coalition uh, to really dig, to get these points and really start addressing some of these transit and traffic issues, including 10192, which is the biggest concern for most of our listeners here in the foster city, San Mateo area. So I think, that is actually uh, uh, a positive, and we are proud to actually have spoken with Carl and to really get the feedback about that. Is there anything that you wanted to add about the regional measure three? Well, no, I, I, I appreciate the honor to interview Carl, and, and Carl's been around for probably almost thirty years in the leadership roles. And as Andre says, he's got the connections with your your Apple, your Facebook. He's an innovative guy. He's a dynamic speaker. He's a motivational guy. So uh, you can't but walk. I was so honored that he spoke with me. He wasn't feeling good that day, and he wanted to push forward with it. And I, I thank that opportunity. And like Andre says, go back and listen to it. You're going to get something out of that. And, you know, when we talk about Carl Gardino, before we interviewed him, we interviewed the uh, uh, Seamus Murphy uh, with the Caltrans and, and the Samtrams, the uh, regional regional district talking about um we were all talking about the same issues we were talking about what is working what's not working we talked about the clipper card and when i spoke with carl we don't really have any transit districts we we have a bag we all understand the problems but we're all working independently with bart sam trams caltrain but we need to get the people off and we need to cooperate with surrounding cities and transportation because they're all fighting for that same federal and state tax dollar, which is based on ridership. But most of all, Carl got the, the power and the ability to, to help motivate people. This regional measure three, it's going to take the Caltrain. They're going to electrify that thing and they're going to be hopefully being able to take maybe 20 to 30 percent more of the traffic off the road. I'm excited about it. Is it the total answer? No. But boy, by God, we're going we're gonna to start to hear people. Now we're talking about ferries on the, on the bay. We're talking about hydroplane. And I know Andre had a big discussion. We don't need to dredge the bay anymore to get these people on, on, the, on the bay. So we, uh, the cities are starting to talk the, the thing that we're going to have a ferry system on the peninsula. That's, now is the time to act, not later. Exactly. So that was a great opportunity, and uh, we appreciate Carl. And definitely, if on any of these um, shows that we're describing and the candidates, go back and check out the interview. It's 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 there. They're all the podcasts are uploaded. You can listen to any time, uh, twenty four hours a day. Just go on our website at podcastbythebay.com. Or you can check us out on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or any of the podcast sites. So you can hear Car Guardino. You can hear Angela Alioto. You can hear Richard Wilson. 
Um, you can hear Michelle Dauber from the recall effort. You can hear uh, the Foster City residents. You can hear Kevin Miller. You can hear Bob Cushman. You can hear, um, you know, Sam Runco. So, so, the, so, so all the, the the things we're describing, they're actually posted right there. You can definitely go back there and listen to them at any time. So, all right, we're going to continue. We have a couple more um, races uh, as far as that we actually participated in. So, we're going to move on to. The judge for the San Mateo Superior Court, and that's Richard Wilson. And so that was an interesting one. I think that was a, a race where you were uh, Richard was actually going against the incumbent. So I think that was going to be a challenge from the get-go. But he really gave it a good shot, and he really was the change that people were talking about as far as being the change. He was he was running against odds. He was running against the the incumbents. Most of the judges in San Mateo or Santa Clara County are appointed. They're appointed for a six year term. They're appointed um, by by the governor, uh, whether it's a Republican governor or a Democratic governor. They appoint it. So they're appointee. Now somebody can challenge the incumbent in six years, but the likelihood of somebody overturning the opportunity of uh, an incumbent is pretty rare. Um, Richard Wilson um, was referred to me by my attorney, and he said, you need to interview him. So I took the opportunity to interview him, and he's a very passionate attorney. Been in the, uh, Andre, what, uh, you said he worked for, who did he work for? Yeah, for some 20 plus years, it was a high-end uh, firm. Uh, what was the firm that he worked for? Was it the UC Regents? Was that, I think he worked at the UC Regents. He was actually the, the attorney for the UC Regents, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's the state, really. And so, um, and, and I think under the interview, he kind of explains he wasn't sure about the running, but I think when him and his wife talked about it, they actually decided to move forward. And one of the things I think you point out is that he, this is kind of what Michelle Dauber was talking about. If, if you feel that, um, you know, there's no, it's not normal for judges to run against incumbent judges, judges almost. It's like that's some kind of unwritten rule or something. I think that's what Richard Wilson was kind of highlighting, that there is a demo, you know, democratic process there that it's not being utilized. And that's, uh, you know, so, and Michelle Dauber kind of pointed out that, that, that out as well. So I think that Richard Wilson actually is being the change. He's really going after that and trying to be the change. I think so. That was really cool. I, th- I think that, you know, to, to be a part, to hear, hear him, I, th- I think that that was, uh, you know, a very, uh, you know, uh, you know, honorable kind of process for, for what, for what his vision was. And Richard's wife is also an attorney. And um, I interviewed him in his, in his home in San Carlos. What a great guy. I mean, you know what, that's what leadership's all about running against the odds. But I think that, you know, this kind of, you're right, it kind of dovetails that maybe the public need to be more in tune to what these judges are doing, Andre. Andre, you bring up a real good point. Um, the public need to realize these judges can, could, um, if, if they're not doing their job on the bench. As you know, we, and, and I'm not going to mention judge recently uh, in Superior Court, one of the judges, and this judge was, uh, was um chastised by the Bar Association, the California State Bar Association, because she said some off-the-wall things to a bailiff and said some off-the-wall, in other words, she got censored. So there, there are checks and balances in place, but I think the public should become more aware of what their judges are doing. And um, whatever the case is, um, 
the behavior on the Brock Turner is needs to change and we can't tolerate that and we and people need to serve at an appropriate time. But the bigger question is, is we got to keep on top of our judges that are elected and find out how they do. And it is public, but you're right, Andre. Not everybody's going to dig deep to, to see the records on these judges. And a lot of times these people that are running for judges, they don't have that big kind of money to open up those doors to challenge it. I know when I've talked to Richard, it wasn't that he didn't like the judge that he was running against. He, you know, Richard was uh, pro- probably in early 60s and the judge um, that he ran against was 70. Uh, he wasn't, he just was running because it's the democratic thing, it's the process. And I encourage you to listen to his, his thing and go to his website because he explains the process. And I think Andre and I both came more and more educated and appreciative of what he did. And so moving on to another actual judge that we actually um, were covered was the recall effort for Judge Persky. And so this one, actually, we interviewed Michelle Dauber, who was actually the one kind of spearheading the actual recall efforts. And that one actually passed overwhelmingly as well. So we were actually part of that process as well. And not only did we interview Michelle, but we also interviewed Jeff, who actually spoke a lot about it as well. So that was kind of exciting to be a part of that one. And that one had significant national news. That one was reported all over the media and everywhere. So we were proud to actually be a part of that and actually speak and really hear about the you know the whole understanding and and really get down into the actual the details about the recall efforts and and the actual uh, election on that one. Well, Andre, I I, I would I, you know Andre and I had a lengthy discussion and you know with podcast by the bay and I said we need to bring these issues out into the forefront and it was kind of a controversial issue and I think it's more than recalling the judge because it's like Andre and I've discussed before it's about behavior. Um, the judge was right, actually, when you take a look at it, right within the normal sentencing thing. But we had a Stanford student here, and we had a we had a judge, Persky, and Judge Persky uh, was known supposedly to, you know, uh, favor Stanford students. And so it, it was an unfortunate situation. Maybe the judge should have could have reclused himself. The still the same decision could have been made. Uh, the unfortunate thing is the sentencing should be the basis of what the judge should do, and they usually do it on guidelines. San Mateo County, Santa Clara County, guidelines might be a little bit different. Somebody may give somebody three to five years. Somebody may say five years on a thing. Well, I think that's a great point. I think it really does come down to, I think I asked uh, Michelle Dauber this question, and this was actually, should we be paying attention as a society to really some of the judges' decisions. And I think one of the issues about that is is a lot of the, the court records and things, I don't think there are available for the a lot of the decisions. You can't really go back in time and unless you have a, a special kind of access or you've actually opened up some sort of a, a, you know, a freedom of information kind of act to actually get access stuff. I think there's, there's limited actually information on that. So I think that is going to be an in issue uh, as far as something we'd love to actually discuss and get more in detail. And we'll probably have some special guests on an upcoming episode about um, that and, and more information. But we do want to say, uh, you know, congrats to Michelle Dauber and, um, you know, um, for, for her participation and for really spearheading that because that is what changed about. That is what democracy is about. And the dem- democracy spoke on that one. So we're going to go ahead and move forward to um, another race. But now we're going to move all the way up to the top of the peninsula, and that's San Francisco. Now, we got to interview 
Angela Aliota, who was running for San Francisco mayor. Now, this was a very competitive, very contentious mayor race, as you guys probably all seen in the media, right? There's Mark Leno, uh, London Breed, Jane Kim, and Angela Aliotto was right there with them. And so we got to speak with Angela Aliotto and hear her wealth of experience and wealth of knowledge and just insight on really how to solve some of these problems, talking about homelessness, talking about housing, talking about income disparity, Great interview, Patrick. This was one of my favorite ones to really listen to, to really hear from someone who's lived it, someone who's doing it, and someone who is the change. So I was proud to actually participate as far as from Podcast by the Bay and really hear and really hear part of her perspective and to to really see her, you know, um, you know, go for it uh, as a San Francisco mayor. So well done on that one, Patrick. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to, I think we have for... Are, so now we're going to move on to our state kind of races. And so this is one of the things um, we did get to interview a couple of the people actually for the state ones. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about the voting style, the jungle primary, they call it. Right. So all the state races have that jungle primary. And that's really you get the, the top two vote getters actually move move up. Right. Those are the, it's not about party affiliation. It's not about. You know, voting, you're, you're a Democrat, you can only vote Democrat. You're a Republican, you can only vote. No, it's the jungle primary. That's what they call it, right? So you can vote for whoever you want. And I've actually voted, you know, both when it's been like this in the past. I remember when Schwarzenegger was running for governor. That's how it was. And then they kind of reverted it back, right? So then it went back to the party. You can only vote for your party. You know, that was an interesting twist and wrinkle because, I mean, I remember when Gray Davis and I remember voting and I remember I voted for a candidate that I didn't even want to win because I just wanted my candidate to have an easier slate. Right. And that's what it kind of allows for, um, in, you know, with this kind of voting now doesn't mean everybody's going to do that, but that does allow for some people to do that. And so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, or I don't know if it makes anything different, but it is a different style of voting, and I think that's what we're seeing with the jungle primary. So, what is your perspective on the jungle primary? Well, you know, this, you know, I, I, it's kind of hard to tell whether it's good or bad. So, I'm kind of looking forward to if we can have some kind of some expert come and talk to us on podcast by the bay and tell us what the reasoning is for that. I know that it is given an opportunity for somebody that. Uh, uh, that that may have a uh, higher ranking in certain areas to get more advantage or points, and it also supposedly is supposed to help the disadvantaged candidate too. So I'm not completely sure on it, Andre. Um, do you have a good handle on it, or or is it uh, is it about? Uh, I I don't have a good perspective besides just my own experience, but I will say that we are going to have some experts coming up on an episode to talk about this very specific thing and actually get some more insight. And I'm sure uh, the next time we, we kind of bring it up, um, we'll, we'll have a little bit more insight. I'm- well, you know, you know, Andre, you know, this brings up a good thing uh, that we need to talk about. As you know, what's happening across the state and also uh, in our counties is people are needing to run for the elected office in the district they're in, like a supervisory district. And the disparities, the courts are upholding the idea that you, you shouldn't have to run for the whole county or you shouldn't have to run uh, in, in, is a good example when you run for council in Woodside or Portola Valley, you run for a district. Um, we, we interviewed um, um, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Tanner, and Dave Tanner has been on there for, uh, um, you know, for what, 18, 18 years? 
um, on that. And he runs for a district. So the Board of Supervisors represent a di- district. Carol Groom represents a district. Dave Pine represents a district. So there is a strong disadvantage in running for election if you have to run for the whole county. Realistically, you represent the whole county, but it, it becomes a more economic situation if running for Board of Supervisors costs you a quarter of a million or a half a million dollars. That's a little uh, unconscionable that somebody that, that, that may bring a great contribution to being on the Board of Supervisors doesn't have the funds to do it. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, it's coming across the coast. Most of the cities now are all going to have to comply with that new rule. And the rule, the rule basically is you got to run for your, your district. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's going to happen on the, uh, um, it, it, the Harbor Commission, and it's going to happen all and up and down the peninsula. So what's your thoughts on that somebody, when they run for an election, whether in, in the city or county, need to represent that district and represent the whole of the city or the whole of the county? Well, I think they should be. Anytime you're elected office, you are representing not only your city, but you're representing the citizens, you're representing the community. So even if you're in San Bruno and you're in Millbrae, uh, you know, as your elected official, I mean, you, you up, you're you uphold to a certain standard. So as far as um, uh, run, running for a, a different position and stuff, you know, I, I mean, I think if that's the way it's decided, like we need to represent districts and we're working together in districts, then then that makes sense. I mean, so, you know, I think it's just a different perspective and and, you know, may, maybe it'll open up more of the, you know, communication and working together as a group, because I think that's what we need. We need to work together more. We need to be as a team. We shouldn't be the more we're siloed, the less we're going to be working together. The more we can get together as a group and we work together and we collaborate, the more we're going to get an accomplished. So with um, so we're going to get, we're going to kind of finish with this with a couple of the state races and we're going to finish with our, our last national race that we actually covered. So our state races, we did we did speak with Gavin Newsom at the San Diego um, you know, convention. So we did speak with him and we, we did get a little bit of his insight and a little bit of his, uh, his feedback. And he kind of ran away with the race as far as the governor, and he's going to go against John Cox. And I believe the interesting thing about the, the governor race is that because of the rank choice, I think that's where you had, you know, the party kind of was a little bit divided. I think there was some, some voters that maybe they would vote a certain way, but now because of the, the, the jungle primary, um, you know, they might vote a little bit different, but I think Gavin was the clear front runner from the beginning. Um, he delivered. And so now he's going to go against John Cox. And I think that that's what he wanted. And so, yeah, so that, that's one, that's one of the races we kind of covered, um, was the governor race. And then we also have the Lieutenant governor. And so this one, we got to interview two different candidates. So we interviewed Eleni Kulinakis and also Jeff Blight, Blight. And on this one, Eleni actually, she actually won. She actually ran away with it, and she actually came out. She was uh, the front runner from I think from the beginning. She had her. She was established. She actually really pushed her, put herself out there, and really uh, delivered on the issues and, and what her vision was. And she actually delivered. So this was a great experience. Uh, we do want to thank Gina Pappen for actually reaching out and and, and getting the, the interview set up for us because I think that was a great opportunity for you, to Patrick, to actually speak with Eleni and to really hear 
her feedback and, and, and really her vision. And you, we got to meet her, and now she invited us down to her uh, her greet and meet in Foster City. And we, we you know, I, I think it was a great experience. And we look forward to working more with Eleni and to actually seeing her, you know, continue on uh, to, to for the November election. And also Jeff. I mean, Jeff, here's somebody with a with a background similar to kind of Eleni's, you know, an attorney and basically has international experience. And uh, he, I believe he was the ambassador for uh, Australia. He was a, um, you know, uh, you know, he worked with Obama administration, um, you know. Um, so, it, you know, it, there was just these people that are running for this office really brought forth uh, quality experience, good ideas good solutions, and it was a well-fought race for all the candidates. So we want to thank Jeff as well. Yeah. No, th- thanks, Andre. I think that w- that was an honor for us to have the opportunity to interview her. We thank Mayor Gina Pappen for that opportunity. And we're still looking forward to seeing somehow um, we get the interview uh, for State Senator uh, Diane Feinstein on Podcast by the Bay. We reached out to her and we were unsuccessful. Hopefully somebody out there in podcast land will We'll uh, hear some of our podcasts and be willing to to, uh, to tell Diane, that uh, Senator Feinstein, that she needs to interview with Podcast by the Bay. We've got a, a good platform for her to be able to speak out. And, um, Andre, you had the honor of interviewing uh, Pat. And, uh, Pat, why don't you talk about Pat? Pat ran for state senate, and uh, he didn't make it in the primary, but he was hard fighting. Why don't you talk about that interview a little bit and, and uh, tell us where he was coming from? So, yeah, so that was our national coverage, which was the U.S. Senator for California, and uh, that was Pat Harris. And so he had a very competitive field, uh, a lot of different uh, well-known candidates. There was the incumbent, Diane Feinstein. He also had Kevin DeLeon, um, and then just a number of other candidates on both sides of the aisle uh, in, in, form, uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, party. And so it was a very kind of uphill battle, but... You know, Pat Harris, you got to listen to the interview. It was one of the my favorite interviews just to hear somebody who's quite passionate and that has their values and sticks to their values 100%. He never took one dime from any corporations. He, he All the fundraising was grassroots, and he drove around with his bus, the rabble rouser, and he drove up and down California and meeting with the people and speaking and really engaging. And to me, that really showed it was a exemplifying what actually a candidate at that level should do and, and really uh, represent. So I was proud to meet Pat and just speak with him about the issues. And I thought he brought some really good perspectives, especially regarding the gun violence and, uh, you know, really um, campaign reform and things like that. He, he, you know, so definitely check out that interview when you guys got a chance. And the last one, we're going to finish with this one. And this was our, our attorney, California attorney general race, and that was we interviewed with Dave Jones, and so that was with Xavier Bersera, and um, you know he actually uh, ended up winning the race, and uh, Dave Jones was right there; he was right in the top four, and so we had a pleasure to meet with Dave Jones to speak with him, and he is actual California's current insurance commissioner, and so it was a great opportunity to meet him and to really talk about the issues. Uh, and, and really hear his vision. And I think that, you know, meeting with these candidates, meeting with these people, um, it really kind of gives us insight to, you know, not only who they are, but what what their vision is, what they represent, and, and really um, 
you know, the future of what California could be. So I, I think it's really good. You got to meet Dave. Uh, you, you got to meet Dave. So what is your perspective uh, with, with our final uh, office that we covered? Andre, I appreciate that. You know, Dave Jones, I met him in the, the uh, San Francisco uh, hotel on 800 Post. The well, I think it was called the Wellington. And the interview went extremely well. But I think Andre brings up a good point. Win or lose, these people uh, put themselves out uh, to run for public office. Um, and you know what? They're not a loser. They've made a contribution. And Andre and I would love to, to get back with the feedback of these people and get them engaged in the process for change. Um, uh, the thing with Dave Jones, he had some uh, extremely good legal background. He has some great ideas on housing and on transportation, on prison reform. He also uh, was concerned, just like Jeff Bleich, that we need to go back to our school sy- system and do some trade schools, uh, that we have some big disparity in our educational pro- system right now. And with the state, we have billions of dollars that we have rainy day. I asked him if we could bring some of that money out, not spend it. I want we to keep that rainy day money because we know that we're going to have um, a recession down the road sometime. We don't want it, but it's going to be there. But I think most important is, is Andre keeps using the words, and I use them too, is collaborate. We want to see people that are in office to communicate with other people that either ran for office or other experts in the community to bring a different perspective on how we make social change. Andre and I are tired of seeing the way our news media is covered, whether you're extreme right or you're extreme left. We're tired about tabloids America. We want to bring back values that we talk about, housing and transportation. We're tired of seeing CNN and all those news medias just talking about what's going on with the the candidate's personal life. And don't get me wrong, those are issues, but we got to get back to business. we got to get back to solutions. And collaboration starts not only with the elected officials, but with citizens and experts. You know, Andre, I'm kind of excited for um, podcast by the Bay because I'm looking forward to hearing from the, some of our listeners out there. What what would you like to hear next from us? Andre and I have some upcoming shows, and we're going to keep them a surprise until we bring them out. Um, we are just uh, excited about serving, and we're serving a, a service to uh, the community uh, that um, is second to none. And I'm just proud that I'm part of it. I'm proud that Andre's my business partner here. He's, he's one heck of a, a co-anchor and a production guy. Uh, without him, without our team, we couldn't do, do such good, good work. Thanks, Andre. No, thanks to you too, Patrick. I think that uh, it's, it's, you know, I really enjoy working with, with you and um, also being your partner. And I think that uh, it's fun to, to really get to do this. To get to, and I think this is what we love. Both Patrick and myself, we love this. We love to talk about these ideas. We love to engage people. We love to to listen to people. And I think that what Patrick said best, you know, there's people, you know, these people don't go away. Like, uh, you know, if someone doesn't get elected, they're still a person, and they still have these ideas and they still have vision. So, you know. Podcast by the Bay does want to thank these candidates, whether they won or lost, right? We want to thank you guys, and we want to, uh, you know, appreciate and, and, and keep on going because I think that the future is is open to everybody out there. If you want to run for an office, if you want to be a part of the change, anybody can do it. Anybody can actually be a part of the change in one way or another. If you want to be the next uh, lieutenant governor, you can go out there and do it too, right? So it's it's all about 
you know, perspective, and we definitely appreciate, um, you know, hearing from the candidates and from listening and hearing their perspective and for, uh, you know, blessing the public with, uh, you know, with their with with their vision for for change. So I want to congratulate you. I want to say thank you to all the candidates and I want to thank you to all the participants, not only the people who ran for the elected offices, uh, not only ran for the elected offices, but some of the residents, some of the community leaders, and really all the people participating in this election. It was a great experience for us to be a part of it. And we thank you all from podcast land. We thank you guys all. And so, yeah, if you have any feedback, you have any questions, please reach out to us, podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter, at Podcast by the Bay, and uh, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay. So with that signing off, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off and say thank you guys for the night. And thank you for uh, listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. So with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off. So with that, this is Andre. And this is Patrick. And we'll catch you on the next time of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.Liberty-RealtyInvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.